you'd say that robot lady. XD. Hey, you must be here because we're gonna have our second episode of my Pandemic Pal page. Round two, baby. Let's Round go. Two. Um, uh, the robot lady just called you up again for me. She took a really long she time. She got lost in connection. <laughs> Holy robot lady, where are you? Yeah, but I'm just really excited to be with you right now. This uh, this is a good one. I had shared at the end of your episode. I was like, wow, if anyone has any questions for Paige, send them in. Guess what? No questions. No questions. <laughs> I was just so clear in my communicating and my storytelling. Nobody needed any clarification. <laughs> That's so funny. However, I was talking to someone and I was like, yeah, what would you like to see on Just Godly Things Who Listens? And they were like, yeah, I want to hear more about like, okay, once people get saved and like sin comes up or things like that or navigating through after Ooh. you're born again and what life is like, like. You know, spicy spicy yeah exactly and so i think like for today we're gonna talk about our friendship and how we've navigated through that over the years so once again just like gonna be super relational today and i'm really excited for it so yeah let's get it let's get it my sissy okay let's cool just, let's just air out all of our dirty laundry on the internet i'm all about it <laughs> uh, yeah you know what though it's so good because like that's the stuff that makes everyone realize that we're all just on equal playing ground equal at the end ground. of the day and we're all journeying and yes you get born again I think that's one thing I've realized is like you get born again and you have the power to say no to sin and that's amazing but also it's not about the sin that we do it's about why we sin and mm. once again we've talked about that on just godly things it's like the root issue is the problem it's not the fruit mm -hmm. so for me like the homosexuality stuff or alcohol or smoking weed, that's the that's the fruit of my life. That's what's coming from my life because of the brokenness, the mm -hmm. sadness, the pain, the disconnectedness, all that stuff, you know. So there's different lies that we're believing, different things in our hearts that need to get healed because all of our stories are so different, right? And so I'm just mm -hmm. excited that we get to chat about that today. Yeah, man. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. So I'm five years older than you, hey? No, six. Six? Oh, baby. I think so. How old are you? I'm, I turned 27 you turned January 27, And I'm 21. Okay, great. So, yeah. Six. six years. Six. Because my birthday's in August. Cool. So we were eight months. Yeah, and we became friends. You followed me on Instagram. <sighs> yes. Yeah, you, we had some mutual friends. Through youth group? Yeah, I, I, one of your friends was one of my friends, and I knew them from church. Okay. And then, I think I just started following you on Instagram, because I collected that you were from Lloydminster, and oh. therefore, <laughs> I know you. <laughs> totally, yeah, for sure. Which is just the internet, that's yeah. so good, and going back to your salutations. Salutations, bro. Yeah, when you were that salutations, bro. You would have been, like, so young, though, like ripe teenager like, like probably just or turned 14. teenager i think i might have been 14 holy but the year we met i was in grade nine i think i probably followed you before then uh-huh because i remember seeing pictures of you at the pride parade in edmonton in edmonton oh really eh? yes so what year would have that been that would have been like 2013 i think yeah and I think I had followed you before then. Okay. Yeah, I graduated yeah. in 2012, so I would have been like 19 years old. Yeah. Almost so I would have followed you because we had friend overlap at that time. For sure. And then you, did you move back to Lloyd after that? Or you moved I, to Calgary? I was in Calgary, and then I would come and go in the summertime, yeah. Christmas time, all that stuff. And so it's so interesting because you talk about how you were friends with all these older people, and yeah. I was one of them. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, like when I was 14, basically all of my friends were like in their 20s. Yeah, we partied together like going into 2015. 2014? Going into 2014. It was, it was turning 2014, I think. Yeah, wow. So I went out by myself because the guy I was dating, he didn't want to come. Uh -huh. And I saw you and a girl that I knew. And I think I walked up to you or 
maybe you came up to me and said, hey, are you salutations, bro? I think that's what happened. I think you came to me and said, hey, are you salutations, bro? And I'm like, yeah, are you Kat Gustak? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, like, I followed you forever. Blah, blah, blah. And then we spent the whole night hanging out. Dude, just chilling. And we had a slumber party that night. I remember that. Yeah, we did. Like, we we just became, like, instant pals. And then the rest of that winter, we were hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, and then over the next couple of years, yeah, we would chill whenever I'd come to Lloyd. But I feel like you were in Lloyd for long periods of time. Yeah, in the summertime, I'd be there for a couple months, here and there. But I remember us hanging out in the winter time. I would come home for Christmas breaks, I'd come home for summer, a little bit of Easter here, there, everywhere. Yeah, and whenever you'd come home, we would just get high. Totally. And it's so drunk. funny, too, because, like, we would do all these things together, and even as you were sharing your testimony on the first episode... Yeah. It's like, whoa, there's, like, you knew about the Lord, and yeah. and I don't know if we ever talked about the Lord. Mm-mm. No. No. I don't think so at all. Yeah. Because at that time, I, I had stopped going to church. Yeah. And stopped going to youth. Yeah. And I don't think we ever talked about God. I know that you told me, like, after you came back from YWAM. YWAM was or, in 2016. Or in Kansas City. You were telling me about the time when we were at that crazy party house and you were tripping really hard on drugs and, like, freaking out in the mirror. Yeah. But even at that point, like, when we were together at that party, Mm -hmm. we we weren't talking about what had went down. Yeah. I wasn't... But I wouldn't have been interested in talking about those kinds of things because I was, like, running away from that. Yeah, totally. That's so interesting. Yeah, so for a couple of years there, we would party together. You were on Instagram. You were salutations, bro. Whenever I'd come to Lloyd, we would chill. We would drink. We'd party. And yeah, yeah, so wild. I do remember that in 2014, I came to Lloyd for a month when I was in my second year of radio. I just remember smoking so much weed that whole month. And you and I chilled so hard. It would have been that, yeah. And that was after I had my crazy radical experience with the Lord on mushrooms. I had had that experience with the Lord like a year before. And so here I am in Lloyd for the month, and I remember going to that party with you <laughs> and literally smoking weed and, like, talking to an evil version of myself in the mirror. Yeah. It was so weird. Like, All I'm, these kids are partying at this house, Yeah. and I'm literally having this conversation with something twisted. Like, evil. Like, you were upstairs, and I remember... We were all downstairs partying, and then I went upstairs to, like, you know, get some air or some water or something, and I remember seeing you. It was, like, a circle-shaped mirror, and you were, like, looking in this mirror, and it was, like, it was, like, two people were talking to each other, but it was just you in the mirror, and I remember, and you were, like, freaking out and all twitchy, and and I was, like, what is going on? But I was, like, equally messed up at that time, so I was, like... Man, like I, I didn't, I didn't ask you how you were doing or anything. Yeah. Like, but I remember seeing you. Like, I can still see it in my head. Yeah, that's wild. It was weird. But that's then so I was crazy. like, I don't want to. I was like, I'm here to have fun. Uh-huh. I'm here, to blah, blah, blah. Like, just do whatever I want. So I wouldn't have even dared to be like, Hey, are you okay? Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes <laughs> sense. And kept... then it was shortly after that that I gave my life to Lord in 2015. And I think that first year when I gave my life to Lord, I didn't really see you that much. It wasn't till after 2016 when I went and did a small YWAM program for two months that I came back. I came to Lloyd and we did a Bible study together. Yeah, we did. And we went for a bike ride. Yes. And we had uh, Uh, those Mary Jane candies. The Mary Jane candies. You got me those because you thought you were funny. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when we kind of started talking more about really spiritual things. Yeah. And I remember I was really in it, but we did another one. Remember where we were at Bud Miller and we ate the bean dip? Oh, yeah. Was that a Bible study? Yeah, that was. We yeah. were just, like, chilling hard. It was so good. Yeah, so we did a couple of those, and I was, like, really receptive to uh-huh. the Bible studies. And then, it's crazy, though, because after that, after you left, I continued doing that Bible study. Well, really? Yeah. And and um, and it was so funny to see how that, like, little Bible study spurred on yeah. this whole, like, little faith journey. Yeah, so cool. So you had shared briefly about how I went to YWAM, then came back, and all of a sudden I was talking about YWAM, talking about the Lord, mm-hmm. and then you finally got to a place where you were just trying to navigate through your own life, right? You are saying you are basically an alcoholic, drinking yes. so many times a week. Yeah. 
and being like, what am I going to do with my life? You took a year off school. Yeah. So you're in Lloydminster. I'm in Calgary doing my own thing, coming back a little bit here and there to see you. Um, Yeah. And then I was like, well, I took a year off and then my mom was like, okay, you need to do something. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Do you want to go to school? Do you want to go to Bible school? What about YWAM? Like, because when I was in grade 12, I had been talking about potentially doing a YWAM because you had done one and being like, oh, wow, YWAM, Cat just got radically changed, like, and I need something like that. Yeah. So then I just, spur of the moment, kind of decided, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll go do a YWAM. Totally. Before that, though, there was one occasion where you came to Calgary, where I was living. Your sister had a baseball tournament, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we were chilling, and we chilled for the day. And do you want to just share about that day a little bit? Yeah, well, Hannah had a baseball tournament or whatever, and we were in Calgary, and I never go down that south in Alberta, so I was like, oh my gosh, I have to hang out with Kat. Yeah. And so, yeah, you came to the Ball Diamond, and we got connected or whatever, and then we drove and parked. Yeah, we parked at Crescent Hill Lover's Lane. That's, like, where I take everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we walked around on this, like, hill, Mm -hmm. and we had this nice, like landscape view of the city and it was like summer is really hot that day and I remember you had on these really cool pants they were like these dark navy kind of like the like wide leg trousers wow great I remember being like wow cat doesn't look like a leather pant lesbian anymore (laughs) (laughs) cat You didn't have your party pants on. Yeah, I remember being like, wow, Kat looks so different now. Because at that point, I think you were, like, trying, like, fully embracing, like, this sort of new identity, femininity. Like, Uh you didn't have spiky shaved hair Uh with a rat tail anymore. Uh Like, Uh you were very, like, girly. And Uh I was like, oh, like, who is this? That's so funny. But yeah, yeah, so then anyways, we were, we went walking and then, did we have that conversation? Yeah, we got ice cream and we're walking around and you were sharing all about your life with me. And you were... I was probably telling you all these, like, rank stories of my yeah, life. I think super, I was. Super rank. You were talking about getting messy. Messy May. Yeah, <gasps> messy May. Yeah. Yeah, so I had just gotten out of this period of my life called Messy May, where that month, it was my mission to sleep with as many different people as possible in the month of May. And that was, like, my declared mission statement of the month, was, like, I'm going to sleep with a different person every single weekend. And you wanted to do this because why? So you felt empowered as a woman. Yeah, like, it was this real thing of, like... I'm a hot girl living my hot girl summer. Yeah. You know, like, I can do what I want with my body, and this is what I want to do. Yeah. And you felt free in it. Yeah, like, I was, like, really, like, this is, like, the life, and this is is freedom, this is, like, sexual freedom, this Uh is... I'm, like, reclaiming my sexuality, and no one can define me, no amount of notches defines me or my worth, like... I was very much like, be a slut, do whatever you want. Like, wow. that was like my motto. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just telling me this <laughs> yeah. openly. Like, you're yeah. Like- yeah. Like, it wasn't like this confession of like, oh, cat, like, I was like sleeping with these guys and I don't know what to do. I yeah. was like, yeah. guess what I did? Which, like, yeah. <laughs> guess what I just did? You know, like, this was my month. This was messy May. But, I, deep down, though, I remember feeling conflicted about it. And and I had a friend, actually, who said to me in the midst of Messy May, like, are you okay? Hmm. And, and they asked me because I was so adamant about, like, being a slut and doing whatever I wanted wow. and just, like, really, like... But I was never like that. Like, I... I, I, I like... I was really flirty a lot, but I never really slept around. Mm -hmm. And so when Messy May happened, like, a betrayal of my own character occurred. Yeah. And my friend noticed that and said, like, hey, are you okay? And I remember being like, yeah, like, I'm fine. Like, don't, like, why are you asking me that? Like, I can do whatever I want, you Uh know? And so when I was telling you this, I remember wondering if you were going to say something and kind of secretly hoping that you would be like 
why are you doing that? Or are you yeah. okay? Like calling yeah. me out a bit. Yeah. But the easiest way to tell the story of Messy May was to have a front of I'm in control. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, not yeah. a victim there to was this. Some pride there. For oh yeah, sure. like pride yeah. was the thing that protected me during that whole period of my life because I knew my life was just crumbling at the seams and I'm an alcoholic and I'm sleeping around with all these guys and. Yeah. I'm not happy. But like you said, though, like your Instagram and who you were to the world, they just thought you were this amazing oh, yeah. free totally. 18-year-old who's just yeah. hot stuff, whatever, got yeah. clout in little YYC. Like so much clout. I mean, in YLL. LLL. YLL, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't even, you were sharing all this on top of the hill, and I just, I don't even know how I said it, but I, I just felt so prompt. I was like, wow, I need to say something. Yeah. And I think I was like, Paige, like, that's not... I was like, you think that's you loving yourself? I was like, I don't think yeah. that's you loving yourself. Yeah, you said something like that where you just kind of questioned it. And and I remember, yeah, what did you say? Like, is that really what you want? Or is this really... You just, like, really questioned me. But it wasn't, like, this sort of abrasive questioning. But you're just kind of like, really, though? Yeah. Is that really? Yeah. And I remember getting so defensive. And I remember... Like, I remember just being, like, the amount of guys that I've slept with, like, doesn't define my worth. Like, right. why do you think that, like, like, I'll just really challenge you because our worldviews were so different on totally. sexuality. Yeah. And I think I was also felt upset at you because I was, like, you were never like that. Yeah. Like, you were never yeah. slutty. Yeah. And so I was, like, you don't even get to speak into this part of my identity. Like, yeah. you don't even know me like that, or you yeah. don't know what it's like yeah. to whatever. But I remember just not having it. Yeah. Really not stoked on that conversation. But then later, we ended up chilling for a couple more hours. Then I got yeah. to pray with you when I dropped you off at the hotel. Yeah, night. well, it was amazing. So we just kind of kept hanging out and whatever. I, you just kind of let that... You let yourself die on that hill, literally. <laughs> and then we kept hanging out and kept walking, and we were having such a nice time. And then you drove me back to the hotel, and, and you had worship music playing in your car and really, like, uh, setting the vibe for some <laughs> repentance to happen. <laughs> and so, so whatever, like, we're driving around, and, and then we're sitting in, in the parking lot of the hotel, and then I kind of start opening up to you because I really felt this wave of conviction where yeah. I felt, like a little girl. Like, wow. I, I remember that moment and feeling, like, small, very small and kind of powerless and being like, well, you know, you're right. Like, this, I don't know, like, feeling stuck, feeling really stuck in the lifestyle because yeah. I was like, you're right. This does suck. This isn't me. This doesn't feel authentic. What the hell am I doing? Yeah. I just slept with how many people in messy May. Yeah. And this was, like, my this was my mission statement of this month, Whoa. that isn't me. Yeah. But I don't know how to get out of it. Yeah. And then you just, like, prayed for me, and, and you, like, met me in love in that moment, and it was kind of there that... I don't know. I, I think I had a bit of a heart softening in that moment, feeling like, yeah, like... Something does need to change. Yeah. I think that was like a, a catalyst moment in sort of my journey or my transformation. Yeah. And a couple months later, you ended up going to YWAM. Yeah. If that would have been in the summer, June or July, I left to YWAM at the end of September. And so it's really cool to see the way that God was reaching out to me and trying to engage me throughout sort of the mess that I was choosing to live in. God was still, like, extending grace to me and and just extending a hand to me. Like, yeah. I it, it's through those moments that I realized, like, wow, like, God hasn't rejected me or God hasn't pushed me aside. Yeah. Even in the midst of all of this debauchery and... I was basically like like hedonistic like I, I like it was just so rank and yet God was like would just reach out to me all of the time and check in and say hey like I'm still here I'm still I still want to connect with you yeah yeah and I think for sure me too as like a, a Christian at that time obviously it was talked about on Ivan's episode how he says like the farther you go into the Lord the more you see the world is just not there mm -hmm. you know and so that shouldn't cause me as a Christian to separate myself from people who aren't Christian, but it should break my heart for them, you know? So mm -hmm. like the delivery with how 
I was able to love you. I praise God that you were able to receive it. And I did it totally. in a way that's loving. And it's not like, holy Sal, you're so jacked up. Figure your life out, <laughs> sis. Like, but I, I, on the hill, I felt like you were slut shaming me. Really and I think is. I said you something You did say you. that. I was like, yeah. you can't slut shame me. I, I think I totally <laughs> said that. But it's so funny, though, because in retrospect now, it's like you totally weren't slut shaming me. You were just trying to, you saw me as this broken, messed up little girl that you wanted to just love. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes you got to have those tough conversations, right? Yeah. And 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 that's totally. the thing too. In the moment, you didn't really receive it that well, but yeah. as the day went on and totally. over those months, right? Like you're saying, it's like a seed was planted, and God grew that over the next yeah. couple of months. Oh, absolutely. And then when I got to YWAM and I started, you know, facing my own sexuality and facing messy May and and the mess that was caused by that, it was. I would go back to that moment with you on the hill and wow. just like try to reconcile that conversation and go over it and and because you shared a worldview with me that wasn't like it wasn't a worldview that I was used to like right. you shared with me a biblical worldview yeah. and it was in the truth that you spoke to me like that was kind of the only truth that I had yeah. and so then as I would like mull over messy may and the months of just being so sexually amplified i would go back to that conversation with you because that's that was truth that was spoken to me yeah. or i would go back to conversations that i had with my grandma yeah. where she would say like you know sleeping around is going to cause you so much pain mm -hmm. and just speaking like biblical truth to me mm -hmm. where i think that in a world where we're so starved for truth, once we get it, we do cling on. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I really clung on to yeah. as I was working through that stuff at YWAM. Yeah, so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's one thing too, like we were saying, after you get saved, you have the ability to say no to that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I love what the Bible says. There's a verse in Psalm 119. It says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so when I first came to the Lord, I remember that was exactly it. Like, okay, I know this is wrong and I have the freedom to say no to it, but man, I feel weak in my flesh sometimes. And like, I want to sin or mm -hmm. I want to drink or I want to do this. And I remember just reading the word and, and that was one verse. Another verse was like, man, be not envious of sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. So when I was a baby Christian dude, it's like, that's not religious for me to have the word like that that's discipline mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. me being like holy god you're worthy you're awesome i don't feel like following you but hey your word's true and i'm gonna follow you so i remember just yeah. saying that over when i would have like temptations to i don't know want to smoke cigarettes or oh maybe i should go drink or do this it's like no like yeah. be not envious of those people nothing against them you know but continue yeah. in the fear of the lord all the day because god loves you and like he's changing you to look more like jesus mm -hmm. and yeah i think that's so important and also too i remember one thing when i first came to the lord it's like I kind of had to divorce myself from a lot of my old lifestyle yeah. and you have to make that decision. And you had mm -hmm. shared that in your episode when you went to YWAM, oh. you grieved that stuff, dude. Yeah. Like I stripped off my whole life, my whole identity. And I just got really isolated in YWAM and, and what God was doing. Cause it was so painful for me to like go back on Instagram and see like what everybody else was doing. Cause that's what I wanted to be doing like mm -hmm. it was this tug of war of mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I'm I'm mm -hmm. I'm you know being reborn and I'm being changed and I'm being transformed I can't fill my mind with what I used to be doing yeah because it it's just a distraction for sure and and you know it's interesting because everyone's encounter is so different some people get born again and they're like wow how could I ever go back to that old stuff mm -hmm. I'm so free Jesus is like eternal he's life his presence is incredible other people, it's like, it's the struggle like that too, you know, mm -hmm. like saying no to the flesh, saying no to the old man when he wants yeah. to come back up and just being like, you know what, God, I'm going to follow you because you're worthy and you're faithful and all that. Yeah. Well, like that struggle, I think has come up for me now more this year. Yeah. Like when I was at YWAM and then the year after YWAM, I was really like radical and like really, I, I feel like I really rejected my old life and all of the old ways like I stopped watching movies I stopped listening to music I like I didn't talk to anybody from my old life for so long and I was like no like I'm changed I'm transformed mm -hmm. like I can never go back you know mm -hmm. like all I see is the kingdom in front of me like mm -hmm. I'm just chasing after it whatever um but this year so much like has come up for me 
where like I've seriously considered wanting to start drinking again and wanting to return to those old ways and like in the summer I started smoking again and had to quit and and cut that piece of my life out once again and that was even more painful than the first time because it was so much harder but but why though did the smoking come up because I think that's one thing yeah now that it's it's the why though yeah you know you had been going through a lot at that time yeah the like in the summer I had just a lot of trauma resurface in my life uh I had a friend of mine die in the summer which was just awful um and then I had I was working through a lot of traumatic things that had happened to me when I was a teenager and God was just sort of poking and prodding at some of these really hidden painful places in my heart um but I wasn't quite ready to engage in the healing process and it was so painful and and really overwhelming that instead of like taking it sort of one step at a time or one one chunk at a time I just kind of ran away from it and the summer was this really estranged period for me like I wasn't close to the Lord I I really wasn't you would have looked at me and you wouldn't have been able to tell if I was a Christian or not like it was just this really wonky far away time for me Uh and then because of that and because I was like I knew I was like I knew I was sinning like I I what I was doing felt kind of dirty but I didn't want to admit it and so instead of like you know being humble and being caught in sin and being like, yeah, I need help. I rejected that. And then I just spent the entire summer like partying and smoking and not being at home and not engaging with anybody and kind of felt like I just want to go back to my old life. And so I went back. Because the Christian walk is painful. Oh, like God man, wants to so bring hard. this stuff up, right? You know, you're talking about these traumatic experiences yeah. from you being a teenager and all of that and your friend dying. And like when you face that stuff, like it's difficult mm-hmm. and it is so much easier in a sense to run away and hide. Totally. And no, God, I'm going to turn the music on really loud and yeah. I'm going to disengage. I'm going to yeah. smoke. I'm going to, you know, all that stuff. It, you can run and you can, like yeah. you said, you recognize it too. And I mean, at the end of the day, God's a gentleman, right? Like yeah. he's not forcing you to face this stuff the bible says his mercies are new every day he's like yeah Paige, you want to go at this today let's do it you Mm -hmm. know like i love you the same in this moment when you're smoking a dart than when (laughs) you're literally reading the word yeah yeah that was a huge revelation for me that like god's love for me is so unconditional yeah and when i'm being (laughs) a good christian and i'm doing all of these fruitful positive things in my life Mm -hmm. god doesn't love me more Mm -hmm. and god's not like more impressed with me and so it's yeah that was a huge thing for me and what ended up happening was like my grandma called me out (laughs) and I I like reeked of death I just seriously like this at the end of the summer yeah so this is at the end of the summer this is after my like kind of summer of rebellion and and trying to engage with God but not wanting to and just like being just like going through a lot of hard stuff. I'm getting ready to move back to Saskatoon and nothing was working out. Couldn't find a place to live. I was just so discouraged. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stay in Lloyd. I'm not going to go back. All this stuff. Interesting enough too, though, this was after we did the Salutations Bro episode. Mm -hmm. So when COVID first hit in March, April, May, you and I were on the phone together every Every day. day. We were like straight up pandemic pals. Like we were navigating through everything, sharing what the Lord was doing in our hearts and the word. We felt so close to the Lord. So close. Um, I ended up visiting you in Lloyd right after I dropped the BLM episode with Derek. I was just feeling so tender in my heart. And I was like, oh, what do I do, Lord? Like I just (laughs) felt the Lord be like, Kat, like Paige is really struggling right now. You need to go hang out with her. So I came to Lloyd for two weeks and... That was, like, the wackiest experience for us, too, because my heart was so messed up. Something was off. Like, I just felt really kind of attacked in my sexuality and confused that week for Mm -hmm. whatever reason. And I think it's because I was navigating through tender, deep places in my heart. So I was looking for comfort, and I wasn't spending that much time with the Lord. So it's like I was almost looking for that comfort in you. Meanwhile, you're going through your ringer like like your friend had just died, all that stuff. And we're just like, what is happening? And I remember those two weeks, you and I are just like 
bickering and never arguing. Never clashed so hard. Dude, in our entire lives. And I straight crazy. up told you, I was like, Paige, I was like, I'm not like this with any of my Christian friends. I was like, yeah. we love each other and we're so kind we're and so gentle nice. and blah, blah, blah. And we're just like throwing shade at each other Dude, all of the time. So and crazy. arguing and... Oh, it was awful. It was so interesting, though, because we went to the lake for a couple nights. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, before that, we went, the first day I came, we got Spiros. Shout out, Lenny. Love you. Oh, love you. <laughs> we went and got Spiros, and then we went. Climbed up Mount Joy. Yeah, we did. And you brought your dog, Aggie. Yeah. And uh, my friend Jordan was just on the podcast, and I shared about a day that her and I had together in Canmore with a dog. And I remember you and I were at Mount Joy, and I literally was like, this reminds me of my friend Jordan. I was like, uh-huh. this is so crazy. Like, what's going on here, you know? So we have this day. We're reading the word. We're just chilling, enjoying the sun, blah, 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 whatever. But yeah. then after that, like, things just got so weird. And I just felt, yeah. like, really triggered to my past life. I don't even know how or what happened there. Um, but the end of that, so we go to the lake, and you're calling out your friend on something that you don't agree with. Yeah. And you're just, like, straight up just so... Blunt. Yeah, just bulldozing. And all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden, I was like, wow, God. I was like, I love that about Paige. I was like, she was... But you were so kind about it at yeah. the same time. It and was the like way that you could navigate arguing. through this. Arguing. Yes. You, you were like, I want to be able to argue with somebody. Yeah. And I literally, like, picked your fruit right there. Yeah. You're arguing with this girl. I was like, Lord, I want that. Like, if there's a healthy way to do this, and yeah. I want that. And I see Paige operating in it in a healthy way right now. And I was like, I want to do that. And so we're laying in the in the trailer and I told you I was like yo I picked your fruit I was yeah. like I want to do that I want to yeah. disagree with someone or whatever yeah and then I was thinking I'd have to use it way down in in the whatever life yeah and meanwhile two days later, days later the Lord's like Kat you have to tell Paige <laughs> about something that's off in her life like straight up oh my god and it was like related to the podcast that we were about to drop and all this stuff and I had to sit you down dude and be like Paige oh like god. yeah it was crazy it was rank. It was like in regards to the clothes and stuff you were wearing. Yeah. And the like, way you were carrying yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because when I look at that time, once you left, things went awry for me yeah. and got kind of weird. Yeah. And then that's when my summer of weirdness really started to unfold. Yeah. Where I think that you came at a crossroads moment wow. for me, yeah. but I wasn't ready to receive to it. Receive it wow. To like, to, yeah, to go the right way yeah. again. Wow. Yeah. This was like a two or three day chat. I remember sitting you down in your basement. Oh yeah. Like, well, you talked to me in the basement and you, uh, no, you talked to me when we were on Mount Joy. Oh yeah. You called me out for the tube top I was wearing. <laughs> Slut shaming me once again. <laughs> Catherine, slut shamer 2020. No, Let's I was, go. What was I saying? I was just like, dude, why are you wearing that? Yeah, and I was like, because it's plus 30 out and I don't want to get tan lines. And why do you not want to get tan lines though? And like, I just would keep saying yeah, that, like, right? I just was like, I just, it's hot. Like, I, you're my friend. Like, I just, it's, we're just hanging out. And meanwhile, you look like a camp counselor and I look like yeah, I'm, I was in, it. and I look like I'm like in LA, like ready for some photo <laughs> shoot, you know? <laughs> and then, yeah. And so <clears throat> the whole time that you were in Lloyd, it started off weird. Yeah. Because you kind of like jabbed at me. Yeah. And I wasn't in a place where I was like, oh, interesting, Catherine, why do you think that? I was like, no, F off, man. This, I don't want tan lines. Like, leave me alone. And then the rest of the time, it did feel kind of tense, and I know that you had kind of tried to poke at that topic again. We uh-huh. were in the basement, and uh-huh. you said something to me, and then I don't really remember what you said, but... It was similar. I just had a, like, legit sit-down conversation with you where I was like, Paige, you think there's something up with your clothes? Oh, yeah. You're like, we need to talk or something like that. And and then I knew. Immediately, I knew what it was about. And then then you came and you're like, yeah, there's something up with your clothes or, like, why are you carrying yourself like that or something like that. And I remember still being like, well, I don't know. This is just, like, this is just it and feeling like... feeling like you don't you don't you don't have the right to like Mm -hmm. speak about those things to me totally because this super femininity thing was never my deal yeah like my struggle was always being hypersexualized and so it was always like drawing attention looking extra beautiful you know going out dressing in a way so that when I went out I would gain the most attention possible yeah where that was never your issue totally and so 
yeah, like you all summer, all the whole time you were here, you were dressed like a camp counselor. And so I was like, man, like you don't even know, you don't even wear tank tops, dude. Like get off me, get off my back. You don't, you don't even know what it's like. Yeah. Right. And so then you don't even show your shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) And so then, yeah. So then it was like, yeah, then you talked to me in my basement and again, I wasn't having it. And then. And then it was like, oh my god, when we were getting ready for the podcast, we were taking all these promo pictures and videos, and then yeah. you called me and you're like, I can't use any of this. Yeah. We had made all those videos and I just felt like I couldn't post them because there was something that was, I think in what I thought was like, there's something sexual about this. There's just something, I don't know, that I just feel like I can't post it on on the just godly things, whatever. And so I told my mom and I was like, mom, like I was crying before her. I was like, mom, like, I don't know what to do. I feel like I can't post this. And blah, 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 and I'm hurting Paige's feelings and whatever, you know, all this stuff, and my mom was like, Kat, like, if you feel like, you know, she called it a check in your spirit, like, if you're getting a check in your spirit, something's off, then you need to confront Paige with this, and you gotta mm-hmm. just tell her, and we had already had our conversation, but now we had to have another one about it, oh. and I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. So we ended up having this conversation, and then we had, like... In the front yard, right? Yeah, at your house. Was that it? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then we had another phone call for, like, two hours. Well, to backtrack, the conversation that we had at the front of the house, what when you were saying, like, I can't use any of this or whatever, that was, like, a really tense conversation, and I wouldn't even make eye contact with you. Like, I was upset. Yeah. And confused. And and you were reluctant to say, can we, pr-? for me, when I asked you, I was like, hey, can we just ask the Lord about it? Oh, yeah, and I did You were even... reluctant. You were like, mm. Yeah, like, I was just upset and I, confused and... And I was like, it, I think what was, what felt like hurtful for me was like being like, feeling like I didn't feel like I was doing anything wrong. Yeah. And so for you to be like, there's something sexual or weird. I was like, well, maybe it's a problem with you. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't think I'm doing anything wrong here. And if you're the one feeling weird, then maybe it's you that has the problem. But, like, not knowing how to say that because I was angry. And I didn't... The best thing... Like, the best thing to do when you're angry is just to bite your tongue. Because I would have been mean. Like, I would have... I wasn't, like... Yeah, you... Oh, my gosh. You sent me that voice memo. Yeah... What did I say? Oh, you were like, it's so hard for me to not be a bitch to you right now. Yeah, like, I was upset. (laughs) I was trying to cage the bear. Wow, I wonder if I still have it. Should I find it? Oh, God. Put her on here. SOS. Just that's (laughs) at the end of the podcast. Listen here, asshole. You can't tell me. (laughs) You were upset, though. Yeah, I was. And And I just felt like, you know, I think it just, like, contributed to this feeling of like I feel like I'm a failure I feel like I'm not being good enough or I'm feeling like already kind of estranged from God and going through all this trauma yeah then we had the then after that conversation you went back home yeah left we left on weird kind of bad terms and then we talked on the phone yeah and then that's when some breakthrough happened yeah we had this really wild phone call I remember two three hour phone call And I had told you, I was like, yeah, Paige, like, something was weird with my sexuality this week towards you. And I wasn't blaming you. I was just saying, like, from what I'm navigating through in my own heart right now and where I'm viewing intimacy, like, I was so triggered back to my old life and, like, an old relationship and all this stuff. And as I started confessing that to you, you had said, like, at the start of the phone call, you were just not having it. But then something shifted like maybe 20 minutes in yeah I started confessing things to you and sharing where I was at and like just opening up about like wow this has been really difficult for me too and Mm -hmm. it like ended I don't even know how to describe it for me in my own heart um what had like happened through that phone call was that I felt like my friendship with Jordan how I had shared on the last episode or whatever how we had this amazing time at Canmore that whatever happened through those two weeks and then in that phone call something shifted to a place where I don't even know how to describe it. You and I just became like, boom, and it's like God had healed whatever was twisted in my view towards mm. you for those two weeks. Mm-hmm. And it was like a complete release and healing. And I just remember crying in bed and just being like, God, what is going on? Like, I like, thank you. This was the wackiest two weeks ever, but I thank you for yeah. it. You know, 
Yeah, it was weird. Like, I think that, that the two weeks that you were here, we weren't communicating. Yeah. Like, genuinely. Like, yeah. about what was going on. Because yeah. initially, you had come because I was so busted up and my yeah. whole life was, like, falling apart. But then, I, yeah, like, I had envisioned this healing, really, like, I was, I was envisioning it as, like, an extension of the pandemic pals moment that we shared where yeah. it was like, Oh my gosh, like we're just going to be praying and reading the Bible and doing yeah. all these things. Yeah. Well, what's actually going on is you and I are both navigating through really difficult things, but nobody's talking to each other, about like what's really going on. And so it's just like all this, like just like aggressiveness or passive aggressiveness and yeah. dishonesty. And then, but feeling like things are off, but not knowing. Mm -hmm. And then finally just being like, something's wrong. This For is sure. weird. For sure. And then finally, yeah, we were able to reconcile it. Yeah. Yeah, it was so weird. Yeah, it was wild. And then the next day when we hung out, it was just like amazing. We just posted that little video for your thing. We got donairs. <sighs> Shout out to Stacey Case. And then we sat at Messam for like two hours and just played around and had so much fun. And it was awesome. Remember that? No. Really? What? Yeah, it was the day before I left. Oh, at the, at the, yes, 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 I'm there. Yeah. Yeah, with the donairs on our bikes. Yeah. Because it was so hot that day. Yeah. Remember we went for a bike ride and then yeah. we biked to Tasty K's. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's that all was, a blur. Yeah. And then even just, like, hanging out with you now and whatever, it's just, like, oh, when yeah. I get around you, like, I just. Things feel normal. Now. Things feel so normal. And I think it's, it's exactly that where it's not about what you do, but it's about why. And I think when I reflect on me with that week, it's like, there's shame there still when mm -hmm. it comes to this stuff with me navigating through intimacy with women yeah. um, and all that stuff. I think there's shame. So that's why I was reluctant to tell you so quickly and to really figure that out with you in my own heart. Yeah. Um, but I remember just being in Kelowna after that time in Lloyd and I was just sitting on the deck and talking with God and being like, you know what, Lord, like, why do I still see this stuff in girls? And, and I can recognize that, it's from a place of lack in my own identity where I just mm. don't feel good enough mm. um, and whatever else. And I just remember the Lord so clearly, like, nudging me, just, like, affirming me and being like, you know what, Kat, like, you're not gay. Like, he just said that to me. He's like, because you're not gay. He's like, this isn't about you being gay. Like, it's about these different mm -hmm. just things that you're navigating through in your heart. And it's good when this stuff comes up. Mm -hmm. and, and it's a healthy way for him to bring it up to the surface so I can recognize it and submit it to him, you know? Yeah. Which is just so, so cool. Yeah, like, it all comes down to identity. Like, if I think about what was going on for me during the summer and dressing and dressing how I did and just like living the life that I was living it was really like God was deconstructing my own sexual identity and challenging who I understood myself to be sexually as this really sexed out promiscuous attention grabbing flirtatious girl mm-hmm like, just so hyper-sexualized. Mm -hmm. And then during the summer, God was challenging that and deconstructing that and showing me how that identity caused me so much pain. Mm -hmm. And I think that I, I wasn't ready to let go of that part of myself. Yeah. Because... That's that's how I had understood my sexuality since the age of 12. Yeah. Right? So now as, like, a 21-year-old, being like, that's not who I am. That's not what my sexuality is about. That's mm -hmm. not what it's for. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, my body isn't to grab attention. My yeah. sexuality isn't to fulfill the needs of others. Like, it was this whole thing, and... and so so the phase of sort of rebellion, I guess, that I went through during the summer was like avoidance of grieving. Yeah. And I didn't want to face the truth. I didn't want to be honest because it's painful. Yeah. Like losing a part of your identity and shedding sin is so painful because it's so deep within you and there's all these wounds 
that that we cause unto ourselves when we're sinning and, and we're we're going against what God wants for us. And it all, yeah, it just all comes down to identity and understanding like who I am. And so, yeah, I was probably, you know, dressing real crazy and, and acting whatever. And you were probably getting weird sexed out vibes from me Straight because up. I was navigating through that. And mm-hmm. there was a piece of me that was trying to hold on to that. And that's not aligned with the the identity that I have in Jesus yeah and so it did feel off yeah because it was off and you had shared that um that when I brought that up to you that when I said the sex this weird sexy vibes yeah like, I don't even know how I described <laughs> yeah. it something like that though that you're like oh yeah like someone else has brought that up once before yeah no I do remember that and it yeah it's just like our sexuality is so interweaved in our own identity and when God starts to challenge our sexuality and try to redeem it, mm. it feels like he's attacking our identity. Whoa. And it feels like, Whoa. I don't know who I am anymore yeah. if, if I'm not connected to this sexuality that I've decided for myself. Yeah, wow. And that's been so hard. Like, as just a very sexualized person, when God's saying, like, hey, I don't, I don't want you to be that way, feeling like... I can't be myself then. I can't dress how I want. I can't interact with men how I want. I can't say the things I want. Like, who am I then? Yeah. And I'm sure you've probably experienced that in your own sexuality totally. and navigating your own identity apart yeah. from sexuality. Yeah. Yeah, and it it is so tough, like, divorcing yourself from those old ways, right? Mm-hmm. And depending, I think, at the end of the day, too, our view of God, right? Like, the Bible says that God disciplines the one whom he loves, mm-hmm. you know, as a father corrects a son like that and it's Connor had shared about that on his episode like two weeks ago like if we view or a couple weeks ago he's like if we view depending on how we view God we'll take discipline or correction as something that's so harsh right Mm -hmm. but I think when you add those layers to also like oh but this is who I used to be and this is my regular norm you know it's all about that getting your mind renewed right and understanding that our ways the way that the world views sexuality and yeah all that stuff it's distorted and it's different than God's best for us yeah and sometimes people will get uh come to Jesus moment in an instant and it's boom oh my goodness I'm set free from that I'll never think that way again I mean like Jordan for example she just shared last episode she had a complete come to Jesus moment like that where it just Mm -hmm. never again yeah and then for other people like you you know it's navigating through it with me and my sexuality it's all these layers that have come up for the last five years you know and and the best thing we can do is is to continue to just press on, right? And know God and and trust, like we have talked about, his mercies are new every day. And just believe and thank him that he is changing us from the inside out. You know, it's so easy to get disappointed in, in who we are, like you'd shared, Paige. It's like, oh, I feel like I'm not good enough. I didn't do enough this year, blah, 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 blah. It's like God's way of journeying and like healing is so different than Mm -hmm. what we view it right Mm -hmm. and as long as you continue to have that yes in your heart just being like god i love you but my love is weak you know like Mm -hmm. there's a story in um the end of john with peter one of the disciples and uh peter's like i do anything for you god you know i die for you and jesus is like yo you're gonna deny me three times actually before like this rooster is gonna crow and then Peter ends up denying Jesus and once was like to a teenage girl. I think I shared about it on Justin's episode briefly. But at the end of it, um, Peter's like, Jesus, I love you. And what he says in love is like, I love you, but I don't love you as much as I thought I did. You know, and, and yeah. we can love God and we love him. And, and his love to us is perfect. And, and ours is just clouded at times, you know, but like we just continue to give him that yes. And man, as long as there's that yes there, like he can move and he can bring healing and restoration, which is so cool. This is so crazy. So I have a note on my phone from June 25th. Now, this is the time exactly when you and I are doing our podcast episode, the first one, uh-huh. and navigating through the sexuality stuff. And, you, yeah, we're hanging out. And I have this note in my phone And I said, thank you, God, that there's so much more freedom available. It all depends on how I look at this situation. This is an opportunity to grow and to learn and to become closer to Jesus. 
God desires to create life in me. He is removing the death from within me. He's refining me and restoring me to his intended desire for me when he created me. Yeah. And that refining is so painful. But when I look back at that moment and seeing these layers of my sexuality be peeled back and seeing all the gross, yucky stuff that's been hiding deep within me, it's... It's just God inviting me to a deeper revelation of freedom, mm-hmm. a deeper, a deeper f- fullness of freedom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see it like now, like I can see the way that that's been unfolding since June yeah. and see the way that God's been even picking at my sexuality again yeah. and is trying to go even deeper and to just challenge, challenge, challenge because it's like if I've only received my understanding of sexuality from the world uh-huh. my whole life, uh-huh. I have absolutely no idea Straight up. what sexuality is for. And I just even had this revelation maybe a month ago that like my sexuality is a gift to me from God. Like, yeah. God gave it to me, Whoa. and he knows how to use it. Like, yeah. he knows how it's supposed to be yeah. used and lived in. Yeah. And I know absolutely nothing about my own sexuality, because up until now, the whole entire way that I've lived in my own sexuality has been so painful, and it's caused destruction, and I've found myself in so many traumatic situations where my mm-hmm. sexuality was used against me that it's like man I'm just gonna retire that and (laughs) just let God do what he wants with it but it's so painful because I still want it to be mine and I still want to live it out and do my own thing yeah what was that verse you're saying the sin Sin wages wages war against our souls that was like the verse that I held on to all summer long when I felt like I wanted to you know start sleeping around or or go and drink again, or whatever. It's like, no. Sin wages war against my soul. Like, it's not like God's just like, no, I don't want you to do that, because I'm the boss and you're not. Mm -hmm. God's like, no, I don't want you to do that, because this actually kills you. Wow. And the more I... The more God peels back the layers of all of my sin, all I see is pain. All I see is destruction. Like I look at my heart and I'm like, I looked like a war ravaged town, just broken into a million pieces. And that's all caused by sin. It's all caused by just these destructive decisions. And so when God says like sin wages war against your soul, I have to remember that when I feel like going back to my old life. Yeah. Because I don't want to wage war against my own soul. Totally. Proverbs twenty six eleven says, As a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. And it's like, why does a dog return to his vomit? Ew, it's like kind of nasty. Yeah. Like, it's so nasty, but it's kind of tasty because you're like, mmm, and it's just like hungry well, you for think it, it, you know? You think it's going to be good, and then you go back and you're like, oh, no. That wasn't as good as I thought. And oh my gosh, did I learn that this summer? Like thinking I want to go back and, you know, return to my old life and then doing that and then like barely making it out of there alive. Like when my grandma rebuked me for what happened this summer, she's like, Paige, if you stay in Lloydminster any longer, I'm 100% convinced that you will start drinking again. Wow. She's like, this can't go on. And then it was like, oh, are you serious? Like you can't say that to me like feeling really offended but then just like breaking down and crying and being like what am I doing with my life like where am I like I just feel so estranged from God I'm so not connected to my identity I'm not connected to the source I'm like Jesus says that if we dwell in him we'll bear fruit and I was just so barren just my branches were totally empty yeah and it felt so lonely and cold and hard yeah and but it was like in um in Deuteronomy God says to the Israelites I offer you life or death and you get to choose you get to choose life or death yeah choose wisely and it's like oh my gosh like obviously I want life yeah I do I do I do and so then at the end of this summer it was just like deciding okay I want life and I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get life and the most amazing thing was like 
I just had to repent. Like, I just had to get quiet in my heart and grieve and be like, God, like, I am so busted up right now. I'm so messed up. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I just need your help, man. And then God met me there immediately. (laughs) And it was like night and day. I just woke up and just decided I'm done fooling around. Like, I'm just, I'm done. Yeah. And I just changed my habits and I just picked up my Bible again after not reading it for like a whole month and be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. The the change has happened. And then, and like, I'm not going to lie. Like it hasn't been easy. I, I think about starting to smoke again every single day. Wow. Like every day. Wow. Since the summer. Mm -hmm. It's an every single day thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've gotten so close and I've had so many mental breakdowns being like, why can't I figure this out? Why am I still so broken? Like, what's going wrong? Like, I'm, I'm doing all of these things and, I'm, and it's like, you know, feeling frustrated being like, I want this night and day transformation in everything. But God's like, no, like it, it, it doesn't happen that way all the time. And mm-hmm. I can just see that God's letting me journey through this difficult path to create endurance in me and character in me and perseverance in me and maturity in me. Because when I got to YWAM, I got delivered from everything. And it was like this immediate deliverance and being set free from addiction. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that, like, I don't think that my healing in that realm of life is a one-time thing. Mm -hmm. I think God was so generous to me by delivering me from that so I could like, get on the right track and start, you know, like, getting my life in order, Mm -hmm. but now I know that God's wanting to take me deeper, and is wanting to start challenging these old ways and being, like, I want to get this desire out of you, like, forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's painful. Yeah. And, I mean, it's one thing to go to YWAM and live in a Christian bubble for a few months with these people who are so gung-ho for the Lord. Totally. And then it's another thing to get into the real world where it's back at it again. And there's just cigarettes everywhere, and you're like, oh, like, I just, I'm going to start smoking again. And it's like, nothing in YWAM prepares you for that moment of returning back to the real world, and you're walking around in the city, and all these cool-looking people are smoking cool-looking cigarettes, and you're like... I want to be cool too. And then you're like, no sin wages war against my soul. And it's like this battle, like Christianity, like living a life surrendered to God is so painful and it's such a battle. And yet it's so worth it because when I went back to the shenanigans in the summer, I did it. You know, I was like, yeah, no God, I'm not going to talk to you for a whole month. Like I did it. And you can choose to do that whenever you want. Uh huh. But it was so unsatisfying. Yeah. It it just it just contributed to 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 the trauma that I was working through already. Oh yeah. And so now it's like okay, no, don't go back there. Like mm-hmm. don't go back there. Mm-hmm. Don't go back there. Mm-hmm. And then it's like having to get really small before God and be like I need help. Yeah. I need a savior. Yeah. I need a savior. Yeah. And the more you do that, the easier it is to say that. And ideally, the goal is that every breath that we take is is a cry to God saying, I need you. Yeah. Do you know what's so profound, though? Sal is just, like, I'm kind of emotional thinking about it because, like, pride's been your thing for so long. And the fact mm-hmm. that you're just, like, sharing this right now. <laughs> it's huge, buddy. The Bible says that yeah. God gives grace to the humble. <laughs> uh, you know, though? And that's yeah. you, buddy. Like... You're amazing for sharing this and for just checking in. Like, Mm -hmm. I honor you, dude. That's amazing. And I'm just so proud of you. Like, this is the greatest thing ever to hear you share this stuff. That's so real. Yeah. It's so real. And our our Christian walk isn't this, like, gold star that you're just walking in all day, every day. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a journey. Some seasons are easier than others. Totally. And I think that's, like, what you said in the last episode. I'm like, yo, speak to the kids who've been Christian your whole life. Well, here it is, yo. It's amazing that you've been Christian your whole life because you don't have to navigate through half this junk. Yeah, holy. And, like, God's so faithful to you. You're amazing. Your story's going to impact so many people, Mm -hmm. and it's incredible. But it's like, yeah, I dream of the day when I have a Christian husband and we have Christian kids and they grow up loving Jesus. Like, life's not going to be easy for them either, but I'm like, whoa, like, the journey for healing for them is going to be easier. So different. It's going to be so different. It's going to be so beautiful. And 
Yeah, Sal, you're just amazing, buddy. Thanks. Thanks, Kat. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else you want to share? Well, yeah, I think just to speak on that, like, I think God's really been challenging what I understand to be a successful Christian. Yeah. And, yeah, just this whole summer and everything, even though it, it there was a lot of, like, sort of destruction that happened there and all of that, I can see that God's just using all of all of my shortcomings and all of my failures and all of my sin to teach me mm. be like that yeah like there isn't this like picture perfect christianity right you know like there it's so messy if 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 there's one year that i can use to one word that i can use to describe 2020 it's messy yeah that whole year was so messy yeah and yet, reflecting on it, God was so faithful, and God was so near, hmm. and God dwelled in the mess yeah. with me. Yeah. And that's a huge takeaway, because it's challenged everything I've understood about Christianity, that we're these, you know, we're supposed to be these perfect people who don't sin, and that we're, like, just living these really awesome, cool, gnarly lives, doing all these cool miracles for God, and all this, like, really hype stuff, but it's like, man, no, like, Jesus... Jesus didn't die so that I could do wacky miracles. Like, Jesus died so that I could be transformed into his likeness and to have perfect communion with him. Yeah. And that's where the transformation And the is miracles happening. flow from that place. Yeah, the miracles flow from me being so filled with God and so transformed and so overjoyed that I'm like, I thought I gotta tell somebody, you yeah. know? But... The the moments of me, like, crying on my floor, being like, God, I just want to relapse. I just want to go back to drugs and alcohol. That's just as part of my Christian walk yeah. as being an evangelist on the street and laying hands on people and seeing them get healed. Yeah. Like, Jesus came for both of those moments, yeah. not just the pretty stuff, yeah. not just the gold stars that... But like Christians like to wear. Yeah. It's not the bloggable posts that say, wow, God did a miracle today, la la la. Like, God is there in the ugly and the mess yeah. and the dirty yeah. and the gross yeah. and like in the midst of us sinning, yeah. God is just as close. Yeah. And that's crazy. Like, that's grace. That's scandalous grace. That's grace that's so undeserving and, and is so countercultural. Yeah. awesome amen amen well sissy thanks for coming on yeah man it's awesome I'm, I'm glad the robot lady found my number again <laughs> I'm glad that we got to reconnect oh me too wow what an episode what a beautiful journey for both of those ladies I love Paige's humility Paige and Catherine talked about how Paige sent an audio message to Catherine in the thick of their healthy arguing Here's a sample of it. It's taking a lot within me to not, like, rebel at what you said to me today. And it's taking a lot in me to not, like, be a bitch to you. Like, it really is. And I don't know why I'm having such a strong reaction. <laughs> but I know I am. I am having a very strong reaction right now. And I know that you didn't mean to hurt me. And I know that you probably feel really nervous to say this to me. And rightfully so. And I know that you love me. And I know that it wasn't coming out of a place of judgment. But I think you just hit a really, really tender spot inside of me. And it's a spot that I've been trying to navigate through and, and learn through and, and grow through but it's hard and it's really uncomfortable like it's so uncomfortable like you don't understand after having a few more conversations including that long phone call together the girls were able to reconcile things and Paige wrote Catherine a letter before Catherine returned to Calgary at the end of the two weeks here's a part of it I admire how obedient you are to the Lord and how you desire to please him so much. I realize how scary it was for you to confront me. 
God asked you to do something that could have fractured our friendship, and you still did it, that's amazing. I'm so proud of you, and I'm so sorry for responding defensively with pride and anger. I'm truly thankful for what you said and for the opportunity to become even more vulnerable and transparent. It's uncomfortable and scary, but I know God is pleased and that he's bringing us both healing. You are truly my friend in times of adversity and affliction, as well as times of rejoicing and freedom. Paige also added a Bible verse to it from Proverbs 17, 7, which says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. It sure is amazing that we get to navigate our relationship with the Lord with our friends, and that we are